So I know I am uh, I am stretching you, but don't you want to be stretched? <laughs> I want to be stretched. I don't want to live thinking I, you know, just within the reflective echoes of my own head. I want to be stretched. I want to know what is true. And that's been a driving force for me forever. Uh, so that's a gift. That's a gift of stretching. Think of it as that. <clears throat> Some of you may decide that you don't want any more of that gift. <laughs> and that's fine. Uh, I wanted to mention that uh, Narayan and I will be teaching a week-long online at IMS, May 2nd to May uh, 8th. I think it is, seven days. And uh, you're all welcome. There's a 10-year experience of in meditation and the different traditions of meditation that we is a requirement for that. And we're really asking for that level of maturity, really, where the, the number of years is supposed to hold a certain level of maturity which it often doesn't because it depends on one's sincerity in practice. But anyway, it's the only way I can figure out how to ask for a certain maturity. So uh, you might just want to note that if you're interested in further investigating the way we are this weekend. So I want to open it up um, to questions about anything. And uh, you're welcome to raise your hand. Uh, and as I see your hands being raised, I would be delighted to ask. Uh, okay, so they're they're coming in now. Let me, uh, Diane. How about you? Can you show forth here wherever you are, Diane Jackson? To unmute you. Yeah, there you go. Hi. Um, I just want to deeply thank you, and you can stop apologizing for <laughs> if that's what that's maybe that's not the right word. Um, for um, so when so for quite a while now, a few at least a few months, maybe a year or two, um, in the meditation, when I go back, what's behind that? What's behind that? I get to this level of fear which yes. can be very it, which can be very mild it yes. could be oh i need friends i need you know i'm afraid yes. to die i'm afraid to be sick whatever um i'm afraid to walk out the door i'm afraid to go to sleep I'm, yes. <laughs> on no. a mild level it seems like it's always there yes. and i never and i think i have read sort of what you your third question before and i didn't i couldn't i didn't connect with it so what I what happened this time was when I said, well, what's aware of the fear? That place isn't afraid. And all, the biggest word I got out of it was kindness and willingness and, and kindness. I'll stay with that. <laughs> stay with that one. Stay with that one. No, I, I uh, appreciate your question. As I mentioned uh, earlier this morning, when we start... Uh, welcoming the unknown, we can expect a pullback, a psychological pullback of fear. It's 
if you think of the ego as being on your side, the sense of you on your side, right? It's trying to keep you safe. And so if it senses that you're going somewhere that may be dangerous because you don't know where you're going, anywhere you go that you don't know where you're going is dangerous to the ego, it shocks you with fear. Fear allows you to contract back into what you know. That's that's the point of fear. It, it's a contracting energy that takes you safely into what you safely know. Now, so you everyone should be expected at some point to have fear episodes. Sometimes they're mild. Sometimes they're really shocking. They, in fact, I would, uh, if there's another word, terror, that's another word. <laughs> you, can be, you can have terror. Yeah, you can be terror terrorized in a moment but what happens just as you mentioned there often is a maturity enough over time where you begin to be able to accommodate fear in some way for you it was that that which is seeing fear is not afraid uh, for others it's that the what how fear is messaging itself meaning don't go here because this is what's going to happen, as if it knew what was going to happen if it went there. It's not what's happening now. It's what it projects will happen if you go there. You can start breaking that message apart so it doesn't contain the shock value that fear often does, as if it knew what was going to happen if you cross over into the unknown. So you can pick it apart a different way and feeling it totally until it it isn't, frightening basically i and i say this from a personal experience i was having moments of apnea in my sleep and i would wake up you know in terror really and so i said sit up okay look i'm not going to leave the bed i'm just going to feel the terror i'm just not going to let myself get out of bed and so i would sit in bed and it was you know hard to keep myself in bed because it was I was really fearful and then slowly I quieted down around the fear and over time not the first time I did this but over time I quieted down sufficiently so that fear was not I didn't move fear did fear in order to for it to work on any of us it has to we have to move with it Oh my God, something's going to happen. That's moving with fear. But I was quiet enough so that fear couldn't get me to move. It wasn't me. that It couldn't get stillness to move. And so it dissipated. It went out. It, it was up like a... After that, and I never say it, it will never, but it hasn't affected me in the same way since then. I can say that. And so, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to be patient with fear and I'm not going to get out of bed. The Buddhist, I understood what the, the Buddha said when he had fear, he never moved. And I thought, well, why wouldn't he move? I mean, it makes sense that he wouldn't move, but at a deeper level, he didn't move because to move is to move with fear and to reinforce it. Oh my God, I, you know, I've got to get out, get outside where I can breathe or whatever it is. But he didn't move because he was going to disprove fear itself by staying still. And so I started, that's why I stayed in bed. I said, okay, I'm going to stay in bed. I'm just going to sit up 
and I'm not going to get out of bed. I left the territory I allowed myself to move within was the bed, but I wouldn't move out of the bed. And that was very helpful to me to do that. And I offer that as a, because you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it. Just expect to feel so at some point you're going to expect to feel fear. And it's because we're crossing into area. It's a good, it's a good sign that you're moving in a wise direction. It is. Yeah. Doesn't feel good, but it nevertheless is a good sign. Thank you. It's not, it wasn't in a way like tear. What, what impressed me more was the pervasiveness of it, the faint smell, you know, that maybe because I react right on, like you said, now that thank for that part, because I usually move to food. (laughs) And, um, and it works. It's comforting. Um, But I just want to say again that um, there's kindness there. That's, that's, good. I, good. I need, I need some, I need some clear space in order to step right. forward. Okay. Into Awareness it. holds kindness. Yeah. It holds heart. Yeah. So you, no, that, that was amazing. Thank you okay. so much. <laughs> okay. Jim and, uh, Jim and Frank, Franca, Franca. Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking my question. Uh, I, was curious about the how the aging of trees uh, be a mental concept, right? If we, if we oh. assume that aging is a mental movement, yeah. uh, I can resonate that as a human being of her nature is a little more right. challenging. So I was right. curious about your reflections on that. Uh, you know, I don't usually bring in uh, external time when I talk about internal time because people are questions like yours or, how you know, it's all moving. So, I mean, but internally, if we just hold it to what internally movement means, you can let external time be what it is. Uh, but internally, you can see it very differently, right? You can get a different feel for it. So I would suggest, rather than me explaining how consciousness rises and falls and all that stuff, which may not be within your meditation experience, uh, I would stay with internal time. Well, how, how do I know internal? Well, you know internal time, and you know when you're not moving in internal time. You know, you internal time is, oh, I've got to get mine. What am I doing now? And, and, and I, oh, and God, in five minutes, I've got all that stuff. Right and the anxiety associated with it, it's the um, it's it's the uh, exercise I gave you today will show you extra internal time very clearly. But because you asked the question, let me just go for just a minute about external time. What is actually happening is that the mind needs to differentiate itself against the reality that's not moving. In order to do that, it imposes uh, the concept of object upon itself. It's a tree, that's a house, those objects are mind-created. There are no objects in reality. There's no distance in reality. There's no separation in reality. That's imposed by the mind. But in order for the mind to impose that, it it can't hold it fast to be what it's imposing. And so it starts moving in time. 
because it's disintegrating. The very concept of what it's imposing upon it can't be sustained because it's a concept. And so that starts. And now, from where we're sitting, the tree is moving. But from reality, the reality of the tree is not moving at all. So how does that movement happen? It's the mind's projection of object onto it and tries to freeze that object so that it stays stationarily and always a tree, which is impossible because a tree is in movement and it's dying, right? So just let that be sufficient for an explanation, right? And then try to work your way into that because that can be seen as part of your meditation experience. Thank you. Yes, thank you for your question. Lillian, are you there, dear? Ask to unmute. Please unmute. Are you there, Lillian and Nikhil? Lillian and Nikhil. Nikhil. Yeah, um, thanks for the talk. Are you able to hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, but if you would move your screen down, because all you are is a head. There you go. Good. Gotcha. Cool. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the talk. It, I think it really helps just change my perspective a little bit about self and how time relates um, to my perspective of self. Um, I was curious if you could talk a little bit more about how you can hold both the knowledge that now is sufficient because it is kind of just the state of reality and kind of encompasses everything. So, you know, it's sufficient along with the kind of what you talked about with how we still, you know, plan for retirement, um, have goals, dreams, stuff like that, because I think it makes sense a little bit to me intuitively when you think about, say, you're on a road trip and you're hungry and you can, you know, you can know that like it's now I'm hungry and that's, that's okay. Right. I'll, when I get to a stop, I'm going to go eat. Um, and that will be, you know, that'll be the now then, and that's good too. Um, but I, I can also envision scenarios that are less intuitive as well and more challenging. So I was curious if you could just talk a little bit more about how to, sure. how to hold both and how you do that. Okay, sir, it's never going to satisfy you, no matter what explanation I give you. No, I, I don't mean you. I mean anybody. It's not going to satisfy anybody because those are uh, paradoxes. And uh, uh, spirituality is full of paradoxes. Time and the timeless is a paradox. The separation of you and the non-separation of you is a paradox. And those are because they are different frames of reference. From one frame of reference, you are an inclusiveness of all things. And another frame of reference, you're an individual person who's asking a question. See, And from the mind's point of view, those can't be reconciled. But here's the, here's the key. They can be lived. As long as you're not trying to pull one out as the truth against the other, which is not reconcilable, you can live it. Just as you mentioned, okay, so, you know, I'm hungry. That's a now experience of hunger. So I'm going to drive and I'm going to get food. The driving is happening now. The getting the food is happening now. You never left now and now your hunger is satisfied. Okay. So did the hunger lead to the movement? Well, from your point of view, it certainly did. But from the absolute point of view, it was just now the whole time. And you inserted your journey upon that series of nows, you might say. 
Okay? So you're driving and you're still hungry. You're still driving. And I'm going to go get food. So the actions of the individual seem disparate from the action of the whole, of the, of the, of the stillness, of the non-moving. But when it's lived, you see, uh, awakening kind of takes you out of yourself. And you see limitless, formless awareness. You see, you see it all. You see it, but it's not the humanity of you isn't being touched by formless awareness. Formless awareness is holding the humanity, but the formless awareness isn't being touched in it. The, so what you, has to happen is for formless awareness come back into the body, into the heart. And start feeling the human experience. And when it does so, it doesn't lose the expanse, the timelessness, and it enters the body as the body sees reality. But it doesn't see, it holds a, a different point of view, a different perspective than the point of view of not having had the formless awareness experience and just having the bodily experience. When those two meet, the whole thing changes over into the come, the consummation of paradoxes. Now all that's blah, 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 blah. That's an actual experience you have. Okay? That's an actual truth about the evolution of awakening. And that's about as close as I can get. Not very satisfying, perhaps, but that's the best I can do. I think that makes sense. Okay, good. Thank you for yeah, your I think it's you know, going to today. So yeah. Right. It'll, you grow into it. You grow into your answer. Okay. Daya. I realize I'm sitting in the dark, but I'm not going to get up and come out of the dark. I just noticed. I see you. It's gotten dark. It's great to see you. <laughs> and You're not in the dark to me. Good. I don't feel like I'm in the dark. <laughs> and it's interesting how the, you know, I've heard you say a lot of things. And one of the ones that often comes to me is that the mystery has no words. And so when I get stuck in my head trying to figure something out, I'm trying to get concepts to explain right. you know, what I may be perceiving. Right. So other people have asked questions just now in a beautiful way to kind of prep me to make sure I understand what I think I understand. Right. And one of those is that when the message from the body is, there is something terrible going on here and I need to do something, which you were describing with the sleep apnea, um, that the answer to that, and actually the first question person did that too, is that really my task with that is not to figure out why it's happening, what I'm going to do about it. It's just to keep it company. Keep it company. Beautiful. Beautiful. Really beautiful. You see, you know, uh, our psychological training you know, because we're based in time, uh, we're feeling this particular feeling. It must have a cause somewhere in the past. Let me go dig it out. Oh, it was my mother that did this to me at age three. No wonder I've had PTSD around that particular whatever. Okay, so you come up with an explanation. Thinking that the explanation is somehow going to alleviate you of that emotion. Okay. Well, it can ameliorate it a little bit. It can show you that it's not your fault. The emotion isn't your fault, but it's the emotion has been conditioned in you and has to be experienced. And the only way the un, the conditioned can be experienced and alleviated is by the awareness that it is not conditioned. The Buddha said, 
is one of his sayings that I've carried with me because it's so true to my own life experience, is that if it were not for the unconditioned, there would be no escape from conditions. What he's saying is that unless the conditioned reality of our minds and our sense of time is touched by awareness that is non-conditioned, you can't extinguish the conditioning. That is the only thing that extinguishes conditioning. If you bring yourself into that awareness, now you're bringing the condition factor of you through that seeing, it's going to continue in a minor, it's going to continue to invoke that conditioned response in some way or another. You might tamper it down, you might alleviate it a little bit, you might take the edge off of it, but it's going to continue in some way or other. Seeing itself, this is crucial, seeing, just seeing, extinguishes condition. It's amazing. You can, you could have had a lifetime of self-hatred and finally reach a point where you're just not in contention with it. And you have alleviated all of the reasons that it's so awful in you. And you're just seeing all of that from a non-moving place. Within a relatively short period of time, and I'm not talking about years, suddenly it'll go, be gone. Not gone because I'm hiding from it. Gone because it is gone. Have you ever noticed somebody who, you know, has lived within a wakeful consciousness, has a certain stability and, and uh, un, is not fearful? It's because they have led a life or some part of their life has been led with the extinguishing factor of seeing. That's what brings that sense of stability into, into them. So, good. That's exactly right. That, that is just beautiful. You know, I can take what the first person asked you about. And when she said something about food was what she goes to for comfort, I know that I have that also. I just I had a chocolate chip cookie, which was delicious, but I still have a little bit of edge. And it just I have one for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of brings this together. You know, I've been sitting with you and Ron for years and years, and I get a little glimpse of how it works, and then I get another glimpse. It's like really exciting. You bet. Good for you. Good. It's good. Keep that enthusiasm. Keep that interest. No, that's it. That's the light. That's the light that turns on other lights, you know. If we just go dead and say, oh, I can't do this. This is far beyond what I can do. I don't know. Well, then that's where the state we're going to be stating because that's what we've convinced ourselves we are. You are nothing, meaning you can't convince yourself into something. You can convince yourself into something and then you'll be that something. But why not leave yourself alone and let yourself be nothing? <laughs> oh, thank you, Rodney. Thank you. <laughs> Always a joy. <laughs> All right, Dory. Dory, Dory. Here I am. Here I am. Hi. Thank you, Rodney. This is, I don't even know what to say. Now my question, I'm not sure what I'm even asking. Um, so this morning when we did the first uh, meditation together and to find it, see if 
about essence. So I immediately went to body. I went immediately to, to sensation because I thought, okay, that's always been a, a big part of my practice, trying to be settled in there. So I, you know, I noticed the pulsing. I noticed, you know, whatever was there. And then I, you know, my commentary starts, is this it? Is this the essence? And then I thought, no, I don't think so. So I I went to my heart, the warmth of my heart, just whatever I was feeling there, more commentary. But then it did get quiet. It got quieter. Let me say that. Um, But there's always this commentary. Is this it? Oh, maybe that's it. You know, and moving along. Now, this leads me to your the last this afternoon. This um, I'm in Vermont, so it's evening. So to this this last one with um, what is seen. So it's my question is what I'm feeling now is that is the core practice of what is seeing all of this. Beautiful. Okay, yeah. so. I'm going in the right direction? You are going in a, a wise direction, dear. You're going in a wise direction. You want... Uh, you If you want to get outside the chatter, which you said, you know, the commentary, go to, to where... how the Where does the commentary arise from? It arises from quiet. It just doesn't just... You know, came out of quiet. Right? Noise comes out of quiet. Yes. Right? And then as it disappears, it goes back into quiet. So let the quiet start to say, start looking, using your attention to direct your, uh, direct your attention towards the quiet from which the noise arises uh, rather than what the noise is saying. I don't care what the noise is saying. It doesn't make any difference, you know. It can say good things or bad things and will. But I'm interested in the quiet that allows the noise to rise from it. That's what I'm pointing towards when I'm suggesting what holds the quiet. Okay. What holds the quiet? Because it isn't all noise. There's a, there's a circumference there that starts getting very quiet. And then outside that, there is the quietest of the quiet, which, which I call not quiet, but stillness. Stillness is the non-moving quiet. It's okay. different to quiet, okay? So you're going in a wise direction. Just know that. Just don't settle for any particular answer as being the final answer. Well, but even the answer wouldn't even be a cognitive response, would that, it? No. No. It would hold the cognitive response. Oh. Okay. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. But, and okay, I- you get, get, get interested in that. And it's it's within your ability to discern that. Okay, you have every one of us, and the reason I say that, every one of us have the ability. Awareness is. It's not even an ability. It's awareness. Every one of us is lived within awareness. Lives within awareness. But we're so interested in our life, we don't care what we live in within. We care about our life, which is the forms of the world and all the things that I can do within that. But sometimes it's much more interesting to listen to what we're living within rather than the activity and 
in conversation we're having as ourself. So by asking the broader question, you know, what is hearing this? Now you're out another layer. Okay, you go, you go out another layer and eventually that gets to stillness because there's no more noise. Mm-hmm. Now that, that is the essence. That is, and you'll recognize it as such. You'll recognize it as the essence of existence. Now today, when I was trying to point towards existence, I wasn't pointing towards a particular body part or anything. Just the sense right now that you're alive. Can you get a sense that you're alive? Yes. Okay, so what? What? what don't f- find it in your arm or your leg. Or, because just have a general sense of your aliveness. Right? General sense, I'm alive. I exist. So where is that? What is that? Where is that general sense of aliveness? Where, what, I don't mean where is it in terms of my body. What, is it my thoughts that are giving me that? Is it my emotions that are giving me that sense? What is it that's giving me that sense of existence? You see, you can't put anything, you can't, it won't accompany anything. Yes, thoughts are happening and it's not tethered to existence. Existence is independent of all of those things. So that's where I was trying to take you today, was the independence, the absolute aloneness, if you would, of existence and everything moving within existence is where our eyes get directed. Does that make sense? Some of it. I, I'm, 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 I guess, so my sense is it doesn't have words. It has feeling. Well, I, it depends on, um, it has uh, a felt sense. Yes. Put it yes. A felt sense. Don't, don't put feelings or emotion. Don't, that's, that gets yeah. too mind-driven. But a yeah. felt sense of it. A felt sense. A felt sense of your existence. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. you bet. Yes, good question. Thank you. Thank you. Janice. Janice, dear, come forward. Janice Marie. Hi, Rami. Oh, there you go. Okay, Hi. great. Nice to see yeah. you. It's really good to see you too. And um, I'm just grateful for your teachings. I feel like I've been um, just so many years uh, from when I went to Southern Dharma with you. Like, it just like changed the trajectory of my practice. And it takes time you know and um but every time i'm with you i i like pick it up from a different angle but um let's see what do i want to say um like the the three questions or or maybe like i'm looking at it as like three phases maybe um like i have this image this imagery is coming in of like in that first phase i don't know for some reason i think of like uh, like a pond and I'm like in the pond and I'm like caught like a fish in the pond and I'm getting all tangled in the nylon fish line. And like, I have to say that that's where I was when I met you, you know, and, and I thought I was my mind and my emotions and re- all of that. And you taught me to like, you know what, I think you helped me to orient that there's even the possibility for stillness Right. And um, anyway, 
uh, I feel like you like opened up an aperture from the pond and like got me out into the big ocean. <laughs> like from the big ocean, there's a bigger view and like there's a like a witness park that's maybe the fisher woman above like that when I get caught sometimes can take me as the fish and very gently and compassionately like let me off the hook and go back and um and then it feels like I'm kind of sometimes wiggling between like even getting wider than that like there's like the place where sometimes like you know, following your instructions, just orient to stillness whenever you can. So I now know that that's always a choice. But then sometimes I realize, oh, um, this is stillness, but it's still from my meanness, like my me- my meanness stillness. You know what I yes. mean? Yeah, yeah so- I do know exactly what you mean. And when I'm aware of that, then I can broaden even wider. Yes, beautiful. Today, this is how I'm feel like with that third question it's like um, it's like the ocean or the ocean of the universe that's holding all phenomena. Like there might be a whale and there might be a starfish and there might be a turtle and the fish might, uh, the you know, the whale might be eating a fish, but it doesn't matter. Like there's just something like a stiller essence that's just not attached and holding it all and, and just yeah. like it's grace or unconditional. And, yes. It seems like in my practice of, I just got very caught in a lot of stuff. And the last like maybe five days, I just have been like, um, just coming to when I find the quiet, just feeling like the bigger essence that's like, that's feeding nourishment and life, the aliveness. It feels like it's the aliveness. That is all of ours. Like it's, 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 it's moving from all, but can I, can I allow it in or can I receive it? And so I've just been kind of hanging out there and that feels like it's freeing a lot up. Anyway, those are just some thoughts. No, no, they're very nice. I, I, I don't really have anything to add to you. You have a very beautiful, metaphor for yourself in in the access to stillness you know because there is a the stillness of me which is a quiet me right. and there isn't a lot of thoughts and i'm kind of you know i'm sort of settled and you know all of that and that's a relative quiet because it's going to get noisy again you know it's a, but the stillness is never noisy the stillness is always still so if if it's a relative stillness like the stillness of me then I want to be aware of that expression of of quiet, but I don't want it to fool me thinking it's the absolute quiet. But I'm aware, the awareness, whenever you're aware of something, that awareness, if it's free of you, is the stillness. <laughs> That's it, to emphasize that point. <laughs> right? The awareness... The awareness. The problem is that we hook ourselves to awareness and say, oh, I see what I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, we have judgment. We have commentary. And then it's no longer still. It's ridding the stillness of itself. Okay, the stillness is still there. It's just being imposed on by my noise. So, But there will be times when you will see without your sense of self, without looking through your eyes at what it is that you're seeing, that stillness, that stillness has no 
placeholder. It isn't looking from the left, the right. It's looking 360. It sees you 360 without a place of where the scene is occurring. Isn't that amazing? Even when I see it, it's amazing. So then, now, I'm going to do it for you, right? <laughs> show you, because I can feel it in me. That's it. And it becomes more accessible as you eliminate the confusions. So be willing to investigate or inquire, as we did today, the confusion part of it. Is there a stillness without me? Or is the stillness always locked into me? That's a very beautiful question to ask. And it's not an intellectual question. It'll take you to the pond or the ocean or beyond, to the universe itself, you see? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you say that, is that like the zero point where you're talking? That's where, it. Is my, where is my guide? Right there. Right. And like, so you see, tomorrow, yeah. yeah, tomorrow I will show you, I will, I will give a talk. Well, I'll just wait till tomorrow. <laughs> It will will add another step to where we've been. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Tina. Hi, Tina. Hi. Hi, dear. Um, Hi. I've never had the pleasure to um, sit with you in person, but I have um, listened to you for a a little over a year now on Dharma Scene um, every day. And my question relates to um, um, that, that stillness that you just talked about and the progression of my practice and, and how much stillness does a mind need in order to have deeper insights. So the fear that you talk about as being a, an indicator that you're uh, on the verge of of something and in the right direction. I haven't felt that in probably over 10 years. I remember having a fear when I realized that if I don't think I don't exist and that really scared me. But um, this past year I've just been practicing what, what you've been saying of just um, whenever I notice that I'm thinking or making commentary or whatever, whatever, talking, I drop the words and I just try to be with it. And it's, and it's stillness, but I think it's the me stillness that this previous lady was talking about. It doesn't feel all that deep and it doesn't, it doesn't stay for all that long. Um, I'm gone in a thought the next few moments, or I can see the thought come and go. But pretty soon I'll be back. Okay. So I'm going to give you the higher teaching. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> um, whenever, whatever you're feeling in regards to your spiritual practice, right? Whatever or what, just... Whatever emotion is going on, whatever you're commenting upon whatever it is, don't leave it completely alone. Right. 
I mean completely alone. And if you have a commentator out here that has something to say about how the mind is doing, include that commentator in what you're leaving alone. And then you have a commentator that's out another one, another level, who's commenting on the whole thing and say, this is a waste of time. Leave that completely alone, okay? Mm-hmm. The way through the mind is not by rearranging it or having judgments about what's occurring. It's leaving it completely alone. When it's left alone, the part of you, you see, the sense of you is the mind. It's you're not, you're not a person having a mind. You don't have a mind. You are a process of mind. Mm-hmm. And if you as a person think you're outside the mind, you're going to be commenting on their on the experiences of mind all along the way. Why am I feeling that? And what's going on with me now? But if you put yourself in the mind mm-hmm. now and you don't comment upon either one, they can't sustain their separation. The separation is that you believe in one against the other and you prefer this to that. That's how it stays separate. That's how you stay having a mind. Bring them together by not commenting or weighing in on either part of the argument. Mm -hmm. Your argument against what you're seeing or the seeing of what you're seeing. Just letting it be, letting it be as itself brings the mind together. In Touching the Infinite, I really think it's a good book. I, I'm i not trying to sell it. It's like several years old. But so much of, of Dharma, the straightforward Dharma that we're talking about this weekend, is included within those chapters. And I really encourage you, because you're really asking a question from that book that could be a helpful, and I have little exercises that can help you around what it is that you, where you feel stuck. So you might want to think about that. Okay. okay yeah, I have it. I'm reading the other, uh, another one now, but I, yeah, I do have it. So, okay. so I, 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 f- I feel like I'm doing that, dropping commentary, but it doesn't last. No, it don't matter. worry about it. Okay. Now listen, it doesn't matter whether it lasts or not. Don't weigh in on that. Okay. You, you got a judgment waiting yeah, this isn't lasting. Now you're now you're lost. You see, as soon as there's yeah. a judge, as soon as there's an overseer, yeah, right. You're not leaving it alone. You have an opinion on how it should go, right? This is leaving yourself alone. Okay. To be, see, we're afraid to do that because we're afraid the bad side of us will get up or we we'll think, well, I don't know what we think. Just try it. Ultimate healing, mental healing, is in leaving yourself alone. I don't know why Western psychology hasn't come to that understanding, but it's there for us. And it's ultimately the healing, the absolute healing. So when you forget, when you're lost and you realize it, you leave that alone. Just leave it. One step further. When you're lost, don't uh, try to come back. Well, you can't, right? Because <laughs> that's right. Because you're either back or you're not. Right. <laughs> right. It's not your will anyway. Right. Right. You say, "Oh, I brought myself back." You didn't bring yourself back. You woke up to the fact that you're now back. Leave that alone. Leave the fact that you're distracted and lost in something, and th- and then when you come back, oh, I, what's the matter with me that I couldn't 
Don't do that. Just leave it alone. This is how it, this is how, this is the vantage point of awareness. Awareness leaves you alone. It sees what's going on and leaves you alone. And through its seeing, the healing occurs on its own. See, it's not about you. It's never been about you. This isn't, this next statement isn't you. It's not intended for you. It's intended for all of us. But you're worthless. <laughs> yeah. In terms of your spiritual advancements, you're worse than worthless. Yeah. <laughs> you're a hindrance. Yeah. Yeah. You see? So yeah. now, okay, so I, I talk about this tomorrow, but it's, so how do we, you see, this whole thing gets reconfigured once we're not the masters of our mindfulness. That was, that was in self-care and personal healing and all of that, that first chapter of our meditation involved us. Now it doesn't involve you. you got to understand who you are so you can let yourself go. That's, that's something you can actually do. But once you begin to understand the selflessness of, your, of who you are, then leaving yourself alone makes complete sense. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay, you. Girl, you bet. My yeah. pleasure. Dave, are we got enough time? We don't have enough time, but I don't care. Let's go, Dave. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I'll go fast. All um, right. I had an experience that makes me wonder if I might be doing something wrong. Um, when myself is feeling thin, I feel like I can let it go a little bit. There's, I get through the fear. It feels like a part of me is dying. It feels like a death is happening. And then on the other side of that, it's an emptiness. It's a little bit cold, but also there's a, it's like a place of spontaneity and like things can arise in that space. Yes. Change the word emptiness because that can scare the hell out of anyone. You know, change it to mystery. I feel like a mystery, right? Because emptiness isn't empty. It's unknown. It's incomprehensible. So there's a mystery there. And mystery invites me, whereas emptiness says, I don't want, what do I want that for? But mystery invites me in. It invites my existence in. It invites my aliveness in. Now there's something there without me that can really nourish itself within that. All right? So change your wording. And it sounds like everything else is on course. You know, it doesn't sound like you're, you're off course at all. Unless I'm missing the question. No, that that's it. Thank you very much. Yes, you bet. You bet, Dave. Okay, all. <laughs> okay, let me. Can I pan out to see you all? Is there some way for me to do that? View what gallery? Yes, there we go. Okay. I still see so many of you that I'd like to say hello, hello, hello. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> everybody okay so I can't wave to everybody so let me just look just just follow energetically because it's it gets transmitted I don't care if there's a screen in front of me or not the energy can be transmitted across screens across time across space I won't go into science but I feel, don't you feel that?
See you tomorrow morning. Okay, all.